Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zalmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I will be chatting with Dr. Allison Alford about sports concussions in children. This episode is brought to you by Minnesota Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion syndrome, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and, and headaches. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in Minnesota. They've greatly helped me and many others in the Twin Cities. Find them online at MN functionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zalmer, and you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. For those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post and Thrive Global, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council, and I very recently released my second book, Embracing the Journey, Moving Forward After Brain Injury. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com. Be sure to also check out the Brain Health Academy that I have co-created with Sue Wilson from CTE Hope while you're on the site. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. So today my guest is Dr. Allison Alford, and Dr. Alford was born and raised in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and attended undergrad, undergraduate at the University of Miami, obtaining a BS in psychology, psychobiology. Sorry, I then she then attended Jefferson Medical College in Philadelphia, and then did her residency and fellowship at Virginia Commonwealth University. In 2012, she became a board-certified child neurologist. She had a strong interest in headaches and studied to obtain her second board in headache medicine in 2013. She became the only board-certified pediatric headache medicine specialist in Virginia. She currently lives in Richmond with her husband of 13 years and two young children and a loving golden retriever. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Alford. I'm so happy to have you here today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited. So I have to ask, what is your retriever's name? I was just going to say, I'm glad you mentioned him. His name is actually Vader. Vader. As in Darth Vader, yeah. I tease my husband. He's the love of my life, so there you go. Aww. I love when people put something interesting in their bio like that. And and I know in my bio I say that I'm a that I travel. I'm a I'm a Yorkie rescue mom and I, I I'm addicted to Starbucks coffee. <laughs> so I always love when people have a little bit of a their personal life bio as well. <laughs> well especially with being a headache specialist, I can't admit to my Starbucks habit. I do have one. I just don't typically say it out loud. <laughs> Not really good for I have one sitting right in front of me. So I, I know you're in um, Virginia. So you, I know yep. you guys have had crazy weather too, but we just got dumped on here in St. Paul. We just got dumped on like 18 inches of snow this weekend. And it's oh, ridiculous. Because it's April 16th, so this morning I was bound and determined to get to Starbucks because I had to get out of the house. So that's so funny. 
Yeah, we had, um, we fortunately here in, in Richmond and in, in Glen Allen, where I'm at, we didn't have tornadoes. But I know Lynchburg and some other places yeah. left of here actually are without power and stuff right now, tornadoes and heavy thunderstorms last night. So hopefully they're you all know, okay out there. Well, not, yeah. You know, that's a really good segue into talking about headaches because I'm sure that you hear this all the time that the weather causes headaches I know so we got dumped on on Saturday and Sunday but like Thursday and Friday oh my gosh I had such a headache and then once it starts raining or snowing I'm usually fine but it's that lead up to it that pressure change and I'm sure you know you hear that all the time dealing with people with headaches uh, it is funny because you know we always can't see each other, and I'm over here nodding like just in every word you say, yep, yep, mm-hmm, yep. We get so we do. We, I, and I tell parents, I said, I wish, I wish I could control the weather for you. I wish we could all live in you know San Diego where it's stable, but um, yeah, it, unfortunately, there's not much you can do about it except for to chase it and just sort of know that trigger and be aware of it and try to treat it as early as you can, knowing that it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, so is San Diego the magic city? Is that where I should live? <laughs> I think so. I mean, you say it's 75 all year round. If it, if it doesn't, you know, break off into the ocean, I think we're pretty good. But Yeah, and then like I hear humid. altitude also affects. Um, mm-hmm. Some people prefer higher altitude and some people do worse at higher altitude. You know, two summers ago, I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it didn't even occur to me that they're also a mile-high city like Denver. And I was telling my friend I was staying with, I was like, oh, my God, I just feel so crummy. I'm like, I just kind of have this dull headache, and I'm, like, out of breath. And she's just laughing. She goes, yeah, that's altitude sickness. And I was like, but wait, am I really that high up? <laughs> like, it didn't even occur to me. I didn't even think about Albuquerque being um, at that high altitude. Um, I don't so know I either, yeah. yeah. We've actually had, I had, um, we've done different nerve blocks for patients because they were taking flight. Um, because the change in pressure in the cabin can set people off too. Mm-hmm. So I actually had a kid who was headed to China, um, and we did his block literally on his way to the airport, and gave him a nerve block so that he'd make it through the flight. Wow. So yeah, I yeah. I've only flown once, and I flew. I was just a year out, and so I still had a lot of headache problems at that point, mm-hmm. and. Um, when we took off out of Minneapolis, I really thought I was going to black out. And then once, you know, he leveled, I was fine. And then coming down was fine. It was just the takeoff. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So fortunately. Landing, that's the problem. Yeah. 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 It's And, you know, and that's the thing about brain injury, right? Like no two people present exactly the same. So I think that's what makes it so challenging for professionals. Oh, absolutely. And I think there's also, it's amazing to me the number of people that don't consistently recognize all the signs. Um, you know, the biggest thing, <clears throat> obviously I got involved a lot because one of the most tangible uh, symptoms of looking at like a, just a sports concussion, obviously it's a division of TBI, but some more severe TBIs that there's more tangible symptoms, but sports concussions especially, headaches are the one that people can really say, oh, I have a headache. I can tell you it's a uh, eight out of ten, I can I can wrap my head around this. I can explain it, and so that's one of the biggest things they they verbalize. And so I got involved because I I saw so much of it because they were coming to my door as the only headache person. Um, but it, it everything is it people tend to ignore the cognitive, especially in kids. 
some of the issues I've seen with memory, with focus, with fatigue, and, and they don't always put that together as being part of the concussion, part of the TBI. And, you know, people are suffering because they don't know to ask. They don't, you know, pediatricians, trainers. I've had some coaches, you know, try to, you know, oh, we'll just take two weeks off. You know, I'll write for a week or two weeks of being out of school, and then you'll be fine. It doesn't always work that way for everybody, you know. And sometimes it's even the smallest hit is two months later that they feel better. Um, you know, it, just, it is. It's so variable. And that's one of the things I like about the way we, and not, not to be arrogant, but the way we do it here, um, we really try to customize everything for every patient. Um, that's probably the reason I opened my own office in 2016. Um because I didn't, I didn't like assembly line medicine. I didn't like being told I had to see 40 patients a day. I didn't like rushing through everything. And so we have, I still have, you know, 45 minutes long new patient appointments. And if you need 90 minutes, I'll be in there for 90 minutes answering your questions. And that's what we need to do. Um, and all my patients know that. So if they know if I'm behind, it's because I took time with someone else. And you're going to get, you're still going to get your time. I'll be here till seven if I need to. But you need to, we need to sit and listen to you. I need to know what your symptoms are, what, what is going to work for you, what side effects are tolerable to you, and what's not, what, you know, are there are nerve blocks we can do or can we keep you off pills. And, and we sit and go through all that because it is, it is it, we really need to tailor every little piece of that. And, and I have a very good team of therapists I partnered up with a couple of years ago um, that are doing phenomenal work from that end for concussion. So we're, we're not all in one place, uh, which I would love to be, but, we're, we have big communication back and forth that we might as well be in the same building. But it is. It, it's challenging, and, but it's fun, and I get to see them get better. Like, we really do work with you, and they, and they, get, they get better. And, and, but it, it is. It's hard. Um, do you offer any cranial sacral therapy with your therapist? Yes, they do. Yeah, and yeah. I actually have some people that, specifically with the neck pain and things, I've sent them just for that. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a couple of girls that are really good at it. Uh, we also do, like I said, also from my end can do occipital nerve blocks um, and some phenopalatine ganglion blocks, which are relatively unknown. Um, but we're getting great results by doing it and, and sort of numbing up that input, at least from a headache standpoint, coming from the neck that they don't feel it so much. But, yeah, I, I really like the craniosacral cranial cervical release. Yeah, cranial sacral therapy was the first thing that helped me. I was about 15 months out, and I had that constant 24-7 fuzzy, foggy feeling mm-hmm. in my head. And within working with him a couple weeks, I mean, it just was amazing. And it never came back. You know what I mean? Like, he was able to yeah. relieve that pressure, and it just it never came back. And that's that's what's critical, right? Like, we want to get rid of it. We don't want to just, like, cover it up and then have to go back exactly. in a few months. Yeah, that's yeah. what a lot of medicines are going to do. Is I'm just, yeah, I'm just going right. to shove mm-hmm. medicines and side effects with you if we're not addressing the problem. So, yes, I tell every time I said, I mean, a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, I need the neurologist. Like, really, you don't. You need no. the therapist. <laughs> you know, we're really, I'm really band-aiding it until the therapist fixes the problem. Um, and not that we're not, you're not completely unimportant, but the therapist has such a bigger role, I think, than they get credit for. And, you know, I think, I think there's just such a lack of understanding in the medical world 
Um, you know, I think we're starting to bridge the gap, um, but it's slow, but I think there's such a misunderstanding. And so like your primary care physicians, cause that's usually where you end up going is just to see your yeah. doctor typically. And they send you to the neurologist and the neurologist typically doesn't know what to do with you, especially if it's just, you know, mild TBI. Um, they really don't know what to do with you. At least that was my experience. Um, and that's not that, you know, that's not what they're trained for either. They're trained for finding diseases such as Parkinson's and MS and dementia. Um, and so that's why I'm so passionate about what I do and with the podcast and with my writing and my speaking is to help other people understand <clears throat> what therapies are out there and who can help them. Because it's, Absolutely. It's, and I said, one of my big things is, is I love bringing awareness Two sports trainers, coaches. I actually had a kid, no lie, came to me with a concussion because they did head-to-head drills in football. That fell off my stool. When I heard that, I said, you did what? Head-to-head drills? Yep, yep. Coach literally had them smacking their heads into each other. I'm like, why does that sound like a terrible idea? I mean, why? (laughs) Like, that's not even allowed anymore. They're not supposed to do that. Um, oh my gosh! The relationship we have with the kid, I, I we we like to we make them family and we joke around with them. And I did, I would tease him every time. I'm like he'd come back in, like, oh, that's right, you're the one with the head-to-head drills. You're the one. He's like, yeah, it wasn't my fault. So I know, but I would tease him. But yeah, we have we had a coach do, still doing that in this day and age. And it, it is the the education that needs to get out, even just for simple baseline. You know, pull the kid out of the game. Um, you know, they shouldn't go – one, and then the other thing I battle here in the South, and I'm, I'm from outside of Philadelphia originally, um, as you said, but it, football is a huge thing down here. And, you know, they want their kid to get back to the football field. And I said, well, how about we get them back in the classroom first? You know, mm-hmm. they need to be able to tolerate the computer screen. That's one of the biggest things anymore for, for kids, and I don't, I, probably for adults as well, but we everything they do in school is laptop, is iPad, is – you know, smart board, and it's all really irritating, acute post-concussion. And trying to read just some of the vestibular, getting their eyes to track, I mean, they can't do their work. I said, the last thing I need is them to go out and risk their head again if they can't even do their schoolwork yet. Um, and it, that, that's you know, just getting that through some parents' heads. If we need to we need to get them return to learn first, then we'll return to play. Yeah, and, and that may Thank take longer you. than you want it to, <laughs> you know. And it's one step at a time. And um, you know, it's not that no, you don't have to be on full cognitive rest forever. But we need to, you know, ease you back in. You can't. It's not. It's not a magical switch that, you know, in two weeks. It's you know, it's always the expiration date on the milk. You know, you're not gonna poof and be 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 yourself. And sometimes you're never completely yourself, and that's well, that's another hard conversation. Um, you know, sort of some kids that just their learning style changes because of a bad concussion, and they may not be as visual of a learner. They may process different. They may, you know, and, and a lot of high achieving kids get very frustrated, um, and then we have to deal with that part because they're now they're not only they sort of moody and depressed, depressed and irritable because of the post concussion syndrome. But they're depressed because they aren't who they were. They aren't, you know, they, they, it's taking them longer to do homework. And, and reassuring them, look, that's all normal stuff. That's all normal process. Don't, don't panic. You know, it will get better. We, we'll, 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 get you, we'll get you through this. And, you know, just some people just realizing that that's, again, that that's a normal process. 
you know, mm-hmm. and um, I, I, I'm very, I, when, when I saw about, you know, your podcast or anything, I, I love it. I love bringing that awareness and helping people understand that, you know, it doesn't have to be a major car accident and, you know, and loss of consciousness for you to have notable symptoms. So I had a girl, we had to put her in the hospital because she got hit in the face with a basketball in her driveway and had a concussion bad enough and headaches bad enough as a result of that. She did, she had to go in the hospital for an IV. Um, wow. And, and that was a basketball, you know, bouncing basketball in her driveway with the neighbor. You know, it wasn't, it doesn't, you know, and I have kids that have, that have been in car accidents. I have, you know, um, I have I, I have swimmers that have hit their head on the side of the wall. Yeah. Um, I have horseback riders yeah. that have fallen off horses. I mean, it can be anything. There's really, as I people, everyone, you get the reports coming out, you're looking at football, you're looking at the NHL. And, yes, those are, those are issues, but they're also, you can you can get a concussion, you know, walking down the sidewalk if you slip and fall. It, it, it can be yeah, anything. That's what I did. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So we don't, you know, we don't have to wrap our kids in bubbles either. They still need to, to live their lives, but you know, we need to be aware of what the signs are and looking for it. And and I'd rather be super cautious and have people come in and say, you know what, you you don't really need me. You're going to be fine. And then two months later, going, I don't know why I'm still not better. And then I got to dig out of the hole of all the schoolwork and all the stuff they haven't done. And there are people around. I think that do. There's a lot of testing that's that's unnecessary, and I have I have another I've had kids that rack up thousands of dollars in all kinds of scales and testing, yep. and mm-hmm. and you know barely a senior therapist. I'm like, no, that's that's you, you know we need to get you to spend your money on physical therapy if the insurance isn't covering it, and you know, not all these other you know computer tests that tell you a number. I mean, not that they're useless, but some some of them are, but yes, um, <laughs> some of them have some of them have a role, but. Yeah, I did. I, had, I actually had a very good friend of mine who's in physical medicine and rehab who are much more trained in concussions than neurologists, but, and he taught me everything I know. Um, and so if you ever hear this, Dr. Dillard is a fantastic shout-out for educating me the right way. Um, and uh, I had a, a, a patient here get one of those million-dollar workups, just everything under the sun, the parent, the family was going broke and, and had come back to me. And I said, what, what do you do all this stuff for? And I, I can figure it out. And I wasn't sure if it was, I ended up, he ended up sort of being the, the dividing factor for us and, and help the patient sort of get on the right track. And I said, at this point, I said, they need everything in one spot. The family needs to stop getting the runaround. They were, their heads were spinning. I said, can you take them under your wing in your system, in your hospital and just, have everything in one place and, and get them what they need, not anything they don't. And um, so I've seen that happen too, just, you know, sort of the over-cautious workup and, and sometimes that happens. But, but yeah, I just, if more people recognize it and, and your awareness, I, I, I am eternally grateful for you bringing awareness to everything. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Well, and, you know, I think, you know, there, it's kind of a twofold answer here, but like, so for me, I just kind of get, kept getting passed around and nobody really had answers for me. And they were scratching their head when I wasn't better in six weeks. And I mean, yeah. based, based on my onset of symptoms, I probably classified more in the moderate versus mild. I mean, not that it matters, but like, 
I don't think they took it seriously enough in the beginning. And then, yeah. you know, I get frustrated because I'm not better at six weeks. Oh, well, it could be six months Absolutely. and then I'm still not better. Oh, it could be a year and then I'm still not better. You know, so I kind of wasn't given a very good timeline in the beginning. But then, I mean, I didn't find the right doctor for two and a half years. And it's like, if I had found Dr. Jeremy in the first six months, my recovery would have been so different, right? I mean, I might not be here right now though, either. Right. Like, you know, like I might not be as passionate about it. So everything happens for a reason, but it's like, it's frustrating that people just aren't finding the right help soon enough. Oh, I get that just in headaches in general. Um, And, you know, it's finding the right specialist and the right expertise is it it is, it's critical. And I have a lot of people, you know, it'll come to me and, you know, I, well, but I've seen a neurologist. No offense to a neurologist, but just like, that's like me trying to treat epilepsy. I, I could do it. I was well-trained in it. Um, I had fantastic mentors in it, but it's not my passion. It's not the articles I read at night. It's not what I do all day. Um, you're better off seeing someone who's an epileptologist, and so they should give me the headaches <laughs> because it, we, just, we do. We do it differently. We know what we're doing. I recognize the signs. Um, so it really is, it, it's critical and, and you do get better faster when you have the right mm-hmm. people at the, in the driver's seat. And, and I've had and, some kids that, you know, they try to go back too soon and you get that backslide, which is equally frustrating. So they lose all the ground they had gained and, and that's a horrible experience too. Um, yeah, it's it just, it is, it can be very frustrating. Some of it we're we're still learning from the medical side, what the timelines are. I think at one point we really felt solidly that it was six weeks and, and that's what it should be. And the research is showing so much more. Um, and I think there's a lot yet to be written um, about concussions and, oh my gosh, and their yeah. risk and so much yet. And and so some of it, that frustration that you, you guys as patients feel is our lack of knowledge. And, and I promise we're working on it. It's just not, not fast. Right. And, you know, it's 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 like a double whammy. So concussions themselves aren't quite understood, and then headaches are even less understood, right? So it's like this double <laughs> <Absolutely>. whammy. <laughs> and I think you were talking about sort of getting passed off. Yeah, some of that also feel like when the only real symptom they have left, if they haven't pinpointed the irritability, the, the insomnia, the you know some of the focus, if if that's kind of being ignored. So they're, they're running around thinking, oh, I just have headaches. I have headaches ever since I hit my head, and that's all the patient tells you. You know, they, they get blown off sometimes just for that. I mean, I see that, especially girls. Oh, you're just yes. stressed. No, no, they're not. You know, they're look at her face. Like, she looks miserable. She's got a headache. And, yes. And then you have, well, then you have kids that are, you know, they just don't, they don't want to do their work. So, well, I have a headache. So they can go home. And so some people abuse that system. And, then no one believes the people that have real headaches. And so not only do we not, not, do we not know enough about headaches and we need more research and we need more funding for research for that, um, there's a lot of confusion and sort of lack of empathy on behalf of headache sufferers, which is another reason I opened the office because I wanted, I really wanted this patient to be heard, this patient population. And because um, I don't think they do have a good voice. And I, and I do think they get almost shamed. Oh, you just have a headache. And that's one of the worst yeah. things I hate. I, I actually had a teacher say that to one of my patients once. Exactly. It's just a headache. I literally wrote the nastiest 
This is why they want our patients love me. I actually wrote a nasty letter to this teacher. I said, please, don't ever Good tell my patient you. that again. I'm like, if you've never had a migraine, you don't know what it's like. Um, we all happen to have them in the office. It's not a requirement of employment, I promise, but we all do. Um, or know someone close to what it does, and it's not a headache. You, you feel awful. You feel nauseous. You can't have lights on. You can't. I've had one. I seriously, just the idea of rolling over in bed, I'd rather you punch me in the face. It's that bad. Mm-hmm. And so don't, don't mm-hmm. tell me it's just a headache, ever. Uh, yeah, I was so mad that day. I actually told the mom, I said, I'll call. If you want, I will call the school and speak to her directly. And mom, that's a little little afraid of that because I was fired up. But I did. I wrote a letter <laughs> saying, please understand, this is what the kid has. <laughs> And I do not ex- appreciate that, you know, you're implying my patient does not have an issue. And, yeah, you know, it, was, it was strongly worded. Um, it wasn't very nice. But I don't care because, you know, it, that's what the kid needed. They needed to be able to go to the nurse. They needed, you know, they needed to go get their medicines in a timely manner. And if that's what I have to do to get it done for the patient, then screw who's mad about it. It's going to happen. No, <laughs> oh, we need more of you. Go. We need more of you, Dr. Alford. Um, you know, I want to circle back to Return to Learn. We yeah. talked on that briefly at the beginning. Yeah. And I have been working with um, a young gal in Chicago who suffered two concussions, just not at all sports related. Her clinic gave her some school accommodation um suggested accommodations to give to the school the school Mm -hmm. took like three weeks to even have a meeting about it oh yeah and then they decided that some of these would just be cheating like they couldn't give her these accommodations and she went from being an honor roll student or an honor she was in honors classes to now she won't graduate with her class she's a year behind and it just pisses me off because if you meet this young gal she is so articulate she is so smart and and teachers even said similar things like it's just a headache you know she was in the middle of a test and couldn't finish it and the teacher said if she didn't finish it she'd fail because she'd already seen the questions and she could memorize them and she's like I can't even remember my locker number you know um, yeah, when I have a migraine, that's the last thing I'm doing is trying to memorize anything. <laughs> My God. Right. So the whole return to learn is so critical. You know, these are kids that are trying to learn that we're talking about, right? Like, yeah, it's so much is more important than getting back on the field. Huh? Is it a private what school she's in? No, she's in public school. Public school. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, the the parents need to take that up the chain. That they've to go tried. To board. They, 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 so they've now gone. They have they have their state senator. They're getting some. Um, they're wow. they're getting some policy stuff passed. Yes, yes. It, it motivated okay, good, her. Good, good. <laughs> like good. I said, she's a smart yeah, girl. There's no doubt around it. Um, but the return to learn is even more important than return to play, right? Like if we can't get these kids back in the classroom, they have no right to be back on that playing field in my opinion. I I completely (laughs) agree. Um, I mean, I don't mind that if they want to go. I I actually got recruited to play college softball. I played at that level. Um, And I told the patients, I said, I understand. I understand it's like to be a competitive athlete. I got it. But especially females, and then, honestly, even the majority of males, the percentage of people that go on to make millions is, what, like 1% of all athletes that are ever going to have a career? Yes. So you need your brain. 
And once you break mm-hmm. it, it's not an arm. I can't fix it. I can't just put a cast on it and go back. If you really damage it, it's damaged. The ring doesn't grow back. It's done. Um, and so, uh, you know, you, you need to really make sure that you can learn and function and think before you even consider playing. But it's also part, important to be part of the team. Says, I don't mind them, you know, if they can handle, like, it's basketball. They can handle being in the gym. The noise is not bothering them. Or, you know, um, lights and music or gymnastics or whatever. If you can go be in the environment, go sit on the bench. I don't have a problem with them. You know, be part of the team. You know, if they're cleared for that kind of participation, okay, fine. But, you know, you need to be able to do your work and be caught up before you have full release of sport. And, and maybe I've made some people mad about that, but, again, it's for their best interest, and that's what I'm here for. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we absolutely will return to learn before we return to play, without question, ever. I mean, I, yeah, it, it's and, – and it can take a lot longer than they want it to because that's some of the yeah. last symptoms. It's, yep. it, it takes – it's almost easier to return to play than return to learn, but it's not yes. as critical. Yes, because you don't have to sit through seven hours of school, you know. Exactly. Um, exactly. And noisy hallways and lunchrooms and, you know, and I've heard some, you know, I don't want to just share just the bad story. I've heard some amazing return to learn stories um, of schools just being fantastic. And oh, yeah. um, one young, one young athlete um, in North Dakota, he just was on a panel and he said, so his, one of his accommodations is he has, he can't eat in the lunchroom. He has to go into a classroom where it's yep. quiet and three of them, or I, think yeah. I think it's three or four of his friends, his teammates, um, he can no longer play with them, but they come and eat with him every day so that he's not alone. Oh, and yeah. it just melts my heart, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that's amazing. I, you know, yeah, so Dr. We Alfred, we're, half days, do different kinds of stuff. Yeah. They can be really, really work with you. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, and, and I know, like, someone also explained to me how, okay, so it's a 100-question multiple-choice test, right? Um, that's a lot for someone with a brain injury. So if the, if the teacher can give them, like, a, maybe an oral quiz, touching on them, the main points, and if they can at least prove that they understood what they're doing, like, that's good enough for the teacher, right? Like, you don't have to take this 100-question test. Um, so there's a lot of ways to accommodate a student to know that they're actually Absolutely. getting getting it. Um, but Dr. Alfred, we're almost out of time and I want to make sure, was there anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to make sure we covered? I don't think so. Like, the biggest thing is, I, yeah, we sort of talked about all the different symptoms and just being aware. And I think if you're a parent out there listening or um, you know someone who's, who's going through post-concussion, it's just, you know, if, if, if you have any question whether or not they, ha- if they haven't been diagnosed, you're like, hey, you know what, I, I wonder, I think, don't have it checked out. It's better to be safe than sorry. Again, because it's it's you only yes. get one brain, and and you got to keep it safe. So I, I'd rather you know, I'd rather you inundate. And all my neurologist friends are gonna be mad at me, but inundate the neurology office <laughs> or medicine rehab or whoever your point person is, and get it checked out. And if it's nothing, well then you know what? All you did was lose a little bit of time. Mhm. Yeah. Well, thank you so very much for being here, Dr. Alfred. This was a wonderful conversation. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. And um, what is the best way for someone to find you? Honestly, probably our website. Um, it's the pediatric headache center.com. 
Um, we're on Facebook at Pediatric Headache Center, you know what, for, of Virginia. Uh, it's phcr for you. Um, we're on Twitter. Um, actually, one of my, I don't know if she will kill me, but one of my favorite patients and people of all time, and now my social media person, um, Aww, her name I is Marley, that. and she is a TBI survivor as well. And so I'd be remiss in not including her. Um, but she does all our tweeting because I have no idea how to tweet. Um, uh, but Facebook, Twitter, but it's at THCR for you for all those handles. Um, and then our, if you go on the website, our email's on there as well. It's an iCloud address that you can email us, um, you know, for different issues. But yeah, we, we take on all kinds of people and, um, you know, our response with headaches has been, we're making people that have been headache, you know, have a headache for a year and walk out of my office headache free. So I mean, we're, we're doing some incredible stuff here with, with different procedures that, it's just been great, and it's been great to watch the people feel better. So, And, again, that was pediatricheadachecenter.com, correct? Correct. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. This has just been an awesome conversation. I could chat with you for days. <laughs> I know. I've had so much fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed today's show with Dr. Alford. Um, She had some really, really solid advice for everyone with headaches and concussion and return to learn. So I hope that you guys got some golden nuggets from her. And just a reminder that you can find previous um, podcasts and upcoming episodes at facesoftbi.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And just another thank you to our sponsor, Minnesota Functional Neurology, the concussion doctors you can trust in Minnesota. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for being a part of my journey. I appreciate all of you, and until next time, I'll see you guys. Have a great day.